It yeah. turns out they've sacrificed a guy every week to an ogre to stop the ogre from eating the town. That sounds like a, the best Zoomer movie that there has ever been. And, okay, so the, the Zoomers have seen Independence Day. I'll grant them that. Um, oh. How many people have seen this ogre movie, I wonder? Not many. Welcome to Tape Eaters, everybody. We're trying here. We're trying to get some recording in, some streaming in. I think everything is a go. You can probably see me now. I've had a fucking rough week. I don't want to stop doing this. This is my favorite thing to do. This is the only way I get dopamine hits. So here I am to record more paranormal shit. We got more alien shit, uh, as it's been. Dude. Dude, we're going deep on this alien thing. We've never really done that before. I've never been a big uh, proponent of like alien theories and videos and shit like that. The videos are the most boring things. You've seen one, you've seen every single one. It's done. It's over. But we've been going into these old PDFs. Um, I was reading from Bill Cooper. We went into Phil Schneider last week. And I think we're going to talk about Valiant Thor today. I found this this PDF sitting on my, my computer. Uh, Stranger at the Pentagon. What is it called? Stranger in or at? Let's get this right. Let's do them justice. It's Stranger at the Pentagon by Dr. Frank E. Stranges. Stranges. Uh, and I think I'm going to read some of this. Have you guys heard about the the alien that lives at the Pentagon? Yeah. Vaguely. I am vaguely aware of this. We got Maud and we got Baron here to, to discuss these very important matters that cannot yes. go, uh, no stone going unturned here. Uh, Joe, yeah, let's, what's up? I would like to say that once and for all, Joe Biden is a reptilian shapeshifter and you cannot convince me otherwise. Reptilian shapeshifters are basically just deep fakes. That it's yep. a technology that allows them to deep fake in real life. They're NFTs. <laughs> Collect the whole set. Yes. 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 Speaking of NFTs, Skinwalker, you know, Skinwalker gang NFTs coming soon. Are they, or is that just this we, pr more, we promise more fake bullshit like your fucking CBD oil? It didn't even get me a high. Yeah. What the hell's wrong with this sh world that I can't even get? <laughs> you have not even purchased it. I can't Don't just. <laughs> I need the money, guys. Dude, I'm I'm as broke as you are. At least I'm over here smoking pencil shavings. Pencil shavings, <laughs> I tell you. Nice. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, it. Let's dig into this a little bit. Where are we? I wanna. We're gonna go over the foreword. I'm gonna probably try to read the whole first chapter. I think that's doable. But we have the foreword by one Harley Andrew Bird. Bird, a name that might sound familiar to you, and it fucking should. Uh, the Val Thor landing. And I think this there's like spelling mistakes. I think it comes when they scan the fucking book into PDF form. So I'm gonna try to read around that. During the winter of 1956-57, to 57, the Washington, Washington D.C. area was extremely cold, but it was a good feeling to be working in a high-security position in the Pentagon. I lived only a short distance away, in Georgetown, the old section of the nation's capital. Senator John F. Kennedy lived on O Street, just a block away, uh, just a block away our house on Prospect. During a successful tour with the U.S. Naval Ceremonial Honor Guard, we had met with astronauts Glenn Cooper, Wally, Wally Sherrar, maybe a comment there, who were the first wave of successful space travelers. Also, we had visited the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier numerous times. Now, we're getting into this alien shit. Project Blue Book is cited here. And immediately, we're talking about the Navy. 
the Navy and its connection to space travel. And that's come up time and time again. Every time we've been looking into this over the past few weeks, it's always the Navy who holds the information for whatever reason that is. It seemed like every time a visiting dignitary came to Washington, they lay a wreath at the tomb. We had met the Queen of England several times at the airport, uh, as these were some of the duties I performed as a young officer in the Navy. After carrying the two-star flag at the funeral of my late uncle, Rear Admiral Richard E. Byrd, and it is that Richard Byrd, exactly the one you're thinking of, the one who, who allegedly flew into the, the center of the earth and saw mammoths and other creatures that shouldn't be, and then met with the space Nazis. Did I miss anything important? I'll take that as a no. I was re recommended for a security clearance, and I was granted a top-secret clearance after a lengthy six-month background study. After being transferred to the Chief of Naval Information, I worked in the security clearance section before uh, being indoctrinated into the branch office of the Air Force called Project Blue Book. It was a joint service office, that is, two Marines, two Army, two Navy, and three Air Force officers. Now, Project Blue Book has come up uh, quite a bit, too, and I think I feel like everybody watching this has probably heard of it. Uh, Bill Cooper said that it was a diversion. It was specifically a diversion from actual UFO shit that was going on, that this is what, what the media was kind of given to run with to distract everybody. The work was routine, opening incoming mail, sorting out what was called actual sightings as opposed to many fake UFO photos. We also acted as a public information office, much like a public relations office. Every publisher's dream was to get the real lowdown on the UFO situation, which was su suppressed by the group that dictated national policy on the UFO matter. In mid-March 1957, we received an urgent message from the Alexandria Police Department. The message indicated that two of their on-duty police officers had picked up an alien who had landed some 14 miles south of Pentagon Boulevard, and the occupant was transported to the Pentagon to meet with uh, the Undersecretary of Defense and then shuttled underground to meet with the President, uh, President Eisenhower and Vice President Richard Nixon. I think the, the notion that they were shuttled underground is very interesting. And last week we were talking about Phil Schneider and his, his dealings with the underground tunnels, the underground bases, possibly cities. And mm -hmm. according to him, uh, space that is shared with the aliens. Or some of the aliens, some aliens. We've got to go over yeah, a list of species. trying to so. get to the center of the earth to fight the... Ant earth, people? Center of the earth Nazis. Mm. Mm. The Nazis versus ant people. Can't stop yeah. this war, it's coming. The meeting lasted for nearly an hour, and then the alien visitor was put on VIP status and was shuttled back to the Pentagon, where he spent the night in the Army reception office on the first floor near the concourse. This alien's name was Valiant Thor. So pretty cool name, right? Yes. It's got that going for him. So why would why would an alien name himself Valiant Thor? Is it could that possibly be like an actual? Is that what aliens would name their babies? Is yeah. that a Marvel he's just reference? A, he's just a capeshit enthusiast, bro. Is that a Marvel reference? I heard a distant woman your... scream, and I knew Brad had arrived. <laughs> <laughs> That's his calling card. It's true. It's true. So yeah, Brad, we're talking about Valiant Thor, Project the blue buff. The alien who lived at the Pentagon. Now, this is the account, the foreword to this, the book about it, by uh, Rear Admiral Byrd's nephew. 
Okay. That's where we're at. Commander James was on duty at the security clearance. And yeah, dude, my, co- my, dude, my cousin's husband's this neighbor. Motherfu- uh, dude, I am streaming, by the way, by the, by the way. By I know, the way. I, I, that's why I joined. <laughs> I saw you on the Twitter. Oh, you're just here to yell random things. No, I'm, I just wanted to see what was going on. Pop right, in, dude. Say hello. What else do you have to say? <laughs> Go yeah, on. Hi. Right, dude, what the fuck? I feel, I feel like you're... you're, you're <laughs> well, now I have to hear the story about your neighbor's husband or whatever. Yeah, no, my na- dude, no, my cousin's neighbor's husband also had an alien in the house. Nice. What was his dude, name? Kraken. His name was um, Majestic Spider-Man. <laughs> okay, that was worth it. I'll give you that. Okay. <laughs> right. I'll let you, I, I don't have anything to add to this that would be. You could if you wanted to. Anywhere, anywhere broaching on an intelligent point. Uh, so I think I'll just let you guys read about, uh, this guy's cousin. <laughs> All right, I'll call you in when we're just drinking and jerking off or whatever. <laughs> right, we do well, no, it's a Sunday, dude. I work tomorrow. Ah, I'm in bed like hour. Plenty of time to jerk off. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe we'll jerk off. Maybe we'll be back. All right, dude. Later. Right. <laughs> Commander James was on duty at the security clearance and review for the branch officer of the, of the Project Blue Book. He saw the meeting through official channels and reported the landing and meeting of the Space Emissary as he was labeled by the Department of Defense to a governing group of high military officials, including Secretary of Defense D.F. Forrestal and other scientific men, of which there were 12. They in turn made recommendations to the President and Cabinet members, the CIA, FBI, NSA, and so on. The landing of Valiant Thor was perhaps the first documented landing of a human-type alien by military officials. That's interesting because uh, obviously he says the first documented uh, mm-hmm. because other information implies that that aliens have been in contact with humans all, like all throughout history. Like according to them, they created all the world's religions. Yeah. So he's definitely leaving it open to to contact have having happened prior, but under a different guise, possibly a lie. He contacted an an individual in the Pentagon who is an advocate of the UFO alien situation. Nancy Warren, in in turn, contacted a minister who was also a private investigator and theologian, uh, a Dr. Frank E. Stranges, who then met with this individual. Dr. Stranges had been a guest speaker at the National Evangelistic Center for two weeks. And uh, Dr. Stranges is the one who, who wrote this book. This is the foreword. Uh, Val Thor landed in Alexandria and met with the president to discuss the world's problems and offer advice and counsel on how to deal with and eliminate them. So that's an interesting uh, sentence by itself. and Without context, it almost sounds uh, a little wacky. Um, it is usually said that, that what they're talking about was like the nuclear program and the way humanity is handling uh, our technology, which is, that's the common story you hear. And I don't think it's too crazy to say that we we are a very in, intelligent species, but we're not very wise. Is that fair, Maud? I believe that's just alien, uh, alien lies to get us to disarm. Okay. I the... believe that everything the aliens tell us is a lie down to their name. To go on, 
He indicated to Mr. Eisenhower that the world was in a precarious situation and that if the world continued to proceed on a war footing, which Val Thor felt would be a self-destruct mode, it would cause an economic imbalance throughout the world. Which is fucking shocking, right? Like, aliens had to say that. Like, this is well past Woodrow Wilson, so... Anyway... Valthor mm-hmm. stayed on Earth until March 16th, 1960, and then disembarked to his home planet, Venus. Venus is interesting. It's obviously the morning star, Lucifer. It's got all those connotations to it. He indicated that his race of people lived and dwelled underground, and that many of the planets throughout the universe sustained life in the same manner. He also mentioned the waves of aliens who would land around the world to help with the Earth's seemingly unsurmountable problems. He stated that a group from a distant planetary system would be coming to give aid and data to help the Earth's progress. Valiant Thor spoke of Christ's presence in the universe, and that it was heartwarming to see Christ's advanced teaching continuing. This visitation at the Pentagon marks perhaps a new era in knowledge, wisdom, and understanding on our planet. Signed, Harley Andrew Byrd, nephew to the late Rear Admiral Richard R.F. Byrd, United States Navy. So... Do you think it's strange that, like, the same family keeps coming out with wacky stories? They are the aliens. Is this, is this like, a fucking satanic bloodline thing where it's, like, they're, I don't know, yeah. they're used to disseminate, like, this information to, to fuck with Keep us? Keep in mind, if, there's, if there are evil bloodlines on this earth, there are also divine, pure bloodlines on this earth and the two have always been in battle <clears throat> we got scar in the chat happy to see more ufo content happy to bring it to you uh zoltan viola what up bro centurion bober dude good to see you it's always good to see you jake in the chat in hindsight it was obviously just a crackhead i don't know what that applies to but it could really apply to any of this probably great to have you aboard here uh let's go on a little bit I want because there's images, there's everything you need. I'm gonna skip this introduction. I don't give a crap about that. Let's get right into the fucking meat of the matter. And I'll read as much of this shit as I can before my voice gives out, and then I'll play videos. Sound good? Sounds good. Chapter one. Top secret. Do not disseminate. Uh, chapter one. The landing. Hello, Frank. How are you? That greeting will forever be etched in my memory. It always brings me back to that cold day in December, 1959, a day which changed my life forever, and one which I will recall as if it were yesterday for the rest of my life. That day began a journey which continues, and one which endures even to this writing. The story began centuries ago, with the first uh, reconnaissance exploration voyage, which confirmed that there indeed was life on this third planet from the sun. There had been occasions which presented a dilemma to both the observed as well as the observer, These included several pilots being beamed into the ship in order to save their lives. This was a far cry from the first incidents of men throwing rocks in an attempt to repel the ship. It was during 1945 that the Earth was surrounded by 100 ships in order to protect the fragile atmosphere which surrounds it. A chain atomic reaction could easily have resulted uh, because of the separation of the elements of the air. Earth could have been destroyed, thus creating many problems. A ripple effect, so to speak, throughout the universe. Is this already fucking schizo shit? Well, he's saying that the Earth destruction would have caused a ripple effect throughout the universe. When clearly, 
with just one tiny blue dot. Yeah, this is it's weird information here. Now, this is like confirming contact with aliens prior to this meeting. And it's yeah. saying some pretty fucking alarming shit. The several pilots being beamed into the ship in order to save their lives, which isn't even elaborated on. Who are these pilots? Was this human pilots? What the fuck is this talking about? Right. Let's, uh, let's go on. After reporting the observations of various voyages, several recommendations were made. The first was that an aerial display be performed in order to provide evidence of the physical existence of life, as it is known here on other planets in the solar system. This was accomplished during the Truman administration over the Capitol building in Washington, D.C. Newspaper, newspapers reported the occurrence complete with details of the chase. What they didn't report was that the UFOs were not visible below the planes which had been sent up. They were only visible to those on the ground. The second recommendation was for a physical contact with world leaders, beginning with the United States. The first meeting. March 16, 1957, in Alexandria, Virginia. One of the finest leaders of the planet Venus, operating under the direction of the central control, and who had been chosen to make the contact as well as direct the project, landed his craft and was met by two police officers, weapons drawn. A thought transference quickly convinced them that he meant no harm, and he was ushered into the back seat of their patrol car. After crossing over into Washington, D.C., they were met by the security of defense, along with six of his staff members. Soon, police from every conceivable district and agency had joined in all trying to claim their right to escort him to President Dwight D. Eisenhower. Through his own version of the power of positive thinking, he was able to dismiss them all and soon passed through the security posts, followed by an Air Force captain. So he fucking shows up, and they're about to just Jedi fucking mind blast trick. him. He Jedi, Jedi mind tricks. Mind exactly. Trick, exactly. Yeah. It's almost like this shit in, in our fiction is like is taken from, from real events, and this is how disclosure happens. This is soft disclosure, where you get a little bit of the information at a time, and it builds up to the point where fucking Tucker Carlson is basically confirming UFOs. And then whatever you see, you kind of just accept yeah, yeah, and I think it's all a fucking lie. I think all of the... I don't know. I don't know how many demons are involved here, but I do think the crafts the crafts you see are government shit. It is their own technology. Where where the blueprints for this exactly came from, I don't know. But when they show, when they show the UFOs, you see the videos on TV, that is government shit. And they, they want you to know that stuff like anti-gravity exists. They, they want you to be aware of that, but you, they don't want you to think that they have it. So this is how they give it to you, I believe. Meanwhile, his presence in the area had thrown everyone into a dilemma. The introduction he held from the High Council worried them, because though not written in any earthly language, their minds were given power to properly translate the inscribed message. Captain Gould, not his real name, asked him to, re asked him to remain, and after downing two plain bourbons, muttered, My God, why couldn't this have happened on my day off? Here's an image of Valiant Thor. Does that look like a Venusian alien? Or a demon? Or just a, a possessed motherfucker? Or is this just a photo of a random guy and this is all schizo talk? He looks like a Bogdanov. Yeah, I think he's got some off-world contact. Definitely. Yeah, he's definitely an alien. No question about it. He's bogged for sure. Here's another image. Not the best shit. He's the guy on the right who's like leaning in speaking. The writing tablet. Suddenly, the door opened and six armed guards led Val to what appeared to be an elevator. It went rapidly to the bottom-most level. Maximum security was in place. 
After transferring to an underground train, they sped toward the White House. Six officials, six armed guards, and three Secret Service men escorted him into the office of President Eisenhower. Now we're talking about all this underground shit. And I, the reason that I really wanted to read this stuff is because Phil Schneider basically like confirms this in his lectures. Now, what does that mean exactly? Like, did he see proof of it? Did he meet this alien? I doubt it. Or is he just taking stuff from other people who were talking about UFO stuff at the time? That's that's entirely possible. Because another thing is that he, he basically confirmed the Billy Meyer stuff, too, about him being contacted by aliens from the Pleiades. But those contacts uh, specifically say that there there is nothing living on Venus. But then again, this fucking... This, Whatever it is, this creature, this alien, this fucking demon, he could be lying about where he's from, as he probably is. So, I don't know if it discounts anything. Well, Venus is the planet of fertility and uh, vivaciousness. Gotcha. <clears throat> in in medieval, medieval astrology. How does so, that apply to this? I have no idea. There's <laughs> nothing entailing that. Okay. Fair enough. We got Barney in the chat. What up, bro? Good to see what, you. What is, what is really distinguishing our man, Valiant Thor here, from the Palladians, other than he might be a rival faction or not a rival faction? The Palladians have said in many of their their contacts with Billy Meyer, allegedly, that there are many groups, many alien groups, that have the same goals to, to basically disarm us. Yes. And that they, they work separately, but they, they kind of collude because they're doing the same shit. That's what the aliens say a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, from behind the desk of president of the president rose while from behind the desk of the president rose while the secret service men remained nervous and uneasy. As he extended his hand to shake that of the president, the secret service men drew their revolvers and pointed them at Val. Following the nod of the president, they reluctantly lowered their guns. Standing in front of his desk, the president said, "Of course, you know we have suspended all rules of protocol. I have a good feeling toward you. Please, sir." What is your name? He replied, Valiant. And where do you come from? I come from the planet your Bible calls the morning and evening star. Venus? Yes, sir. Can you prove this? He asked. What do you constitute as proof? He quickly retorted, I don't know. Will you come with me to my ship? He answered with a quizzical look and said, My friend, I cannot come and go as I please. There are others to be considered. There are committees to be consulted and security measures to be adhered to. Please spend some time with us here. Let's get better acquainted. Learn more about one another. Got more images here. You do be dashing. Uh, and perhaps soon, real soon, we shall see. Richard Nixon. At that moment, another gentleman rushed into the room. It turned out to be Vice President Richard Nixon. He appeared to Val to be very sharp, quick-witted, with fixed eyes, and an amazing aptitude towards speed and proficiency. Does that sound right? And what you you know of Nixon, mod? You, you got thick no. thighs. What's up, Flyer? <laughs> you got the you got the thunder the thunder thighs. Hell, I think he's climbing around the Oval Office with the big ass fucking thighs. 
no fucking idea what Flame's talking about right now. Thunder thighed <laughs> aliens squashing my head. <laughs> What's up, bro? Alien DF. All right, we're we, uh, in the show. Yeah, dude, we're talking we about aliens some more. We got fucking uh, aliens from Venus living at the Pentagon. Go on, I'm intrigued. All right, let's do this. Uh, my name is Valiant, he said, as the vice president thrust his hand without hesitation. You certainly have caused a stir for an out-of-towner. The vice president smiled as he continued. Of course, we are not totally convinced of anything just yet, but suffice it if to say... If this really was Richard Nixon, he'd call him the N-word right now. <laughs> the space N? Uh... Yeah. Trying to... Make sure he doesn't go to Bohemian Grove. This brother. is the queerest jumpsuit I've ever seen. So you <laughs> But suffice it to say, we are checking and double-checking everything you say and do. When Sergeant Young from Alexandria radioed in and stated that you had just landed in a flying saucer, we thought, he continued, Sergeant Young had flipped. Say, you were in, uh, you were in on that UFO flap over Washington. You certainly had us all in a dither, if you were. After assuring them that this planet had been under close scrutiny for hundreds of years before the 1945 bomb blast, and with his special letter still in the slightly quivering hand of the president, he was requested to follow the Secret Service back the way he had come, to the Pentagon and into a beautifully furnished apartment, where he would spend the next three years. Beautifully furnished pizza restaurant. <laughs> Fortunately, he was prepared for such a lengthy visit and kept in constant communication with the starship. There were many occasions during which he teleported himself in and out of those quarters, often exercising trans imagery. You guys ever fucking do do any trans oh, no. imagery? Ever, what do you mean? You guys like trans what imagery? Do you, what do you mean by this? Teleporting yeah, what do you mean by that? I was training, man. Yeah. Can we need sissy hypno? <laughs> dude, I, I, see, it comes full circle, dude. We we said that Valiant Thor was a power bottom, dude. It was a power bottom for Nixon administration. So okay, so exercising trans imagery to cause the security guards to visualize his face on a non-existent ID badge. We're back to the oh, straight yeah. Jedi mind tricks. Back oh, to no. the doctor who has that. He has like a magical ID card that can use the mind of whoever is whoever he's presenting the card to to give him a fake ID. It's very useful. Very yeah. useful. I can fucking God, dude. Can can he fake me a Vax card so I can get a job? Yeah, you just show it and say the say whatever you know. Basically, say what they want, and they'll see what they want. On the <laughs> Here's card. the real question: it's Could he get us blank? Which is funny as fuck. Do you think Valiant Thor could get us into the gathering? Yeah. <laughs> Here's a here's a pro tip. Here's a Jedi mind trick that I was talking to my girlfriend about today. She says that every time she's leaving Walmart, the the checker at the front always checks her receipts to make sure that she didn't steal anything. I never do, and I told her all you got to do is look them in the eye and say, "Have a good day." And they will never give a shit about what you steal. <laughs> that guy's nice. I'm not chasing him down. Walmart's got plenty of money. Didn't steal anything, by the way. To go on. Photos taken. 
Soon after his arrival, together with three members of his crew, he joined a convention in the backyard of the home of Mr. Howard Menger, 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 in Highbridge, New Jersey. The month was April 1957. A certain group of individuals who were interested in UFOs were meeting that day. Val and his crew members, Don, Jill, and Tanya, Tani, Tanya, Tanya, I don't know, had changed into the same type of clothing worn by their Earth friends. The meeting was very interesting, and these people were on the right track. He was dismayed to learn uh, the undignified manner in which these people were treated by the press. Nevertheless, these people were pursuing their beliefs, and this was good. A curious young photographer, August C. Roberts, snapped several pictures, thinking he was doing so without Val's knowledge. The photographer seemed to be greatly troubled when he attempted to talk to him. Yet, it was those very photographs which were to bring me together with this unusual man on that cold December day. Um, I, I want to go back to some of those pictures real quick. There might be more. Where's the women? So here you see the ladies that he's with. These pictures suck. Mm. Is what it is. Uh, but they are all aliens from Venus, and they are the the ship crew. Would you let a woman drive your spaceship? No, that's why they're in the cage in the back. It's like <laughs> a police car. There's like a there's the driver's seat, and then the women. No, I I believe it's such a sophisticated uh, society that women know their place, so they do everything for us. It's a still man's world. And They're hooked up to the automatic milking machine. They, they, do, they do everything for the Palladium man. Make him a sandwich. <laughs> the Palladium male? The, the Palladium way of life. Holding the message from the High Council in his hand, the President stated that Val's offer to help the human family would upset the economy of the United States of the United States and could plunge her into the abyss of chaos. Imagine that. Imagine the, the economy suffering and fucking being <laughs> having chaos all over the country. Can't even see that. Can you imagine, can you imagine how high their council is? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Dude space yeah. weed. Shrooms on Venus? Oh my god. It's like the Morrowind up there. The planet is fungi. The entirety of Venus is a burning, flaming herb. Dude, I, I used to, I used to like have like a gaming plan, and uh, we were called the High Council, and our anagram was uh, THC, and we would we'd run around and be like, oh, "Huzzah, High Council!" <laughs> and we were like knights who smoked weed and shit. It was based. <laughs> cool. In brief, Using that trans imagery. <laughs> he politely told Val that the people of this planet were not ready to cope with such conditions as would come into existence if the recommendations of this unearthly visitor were put into action. Nevertheless, he was invited to assist a number of scientists who were out working on medical projects directly associated with the space sciences. Space science. Space science. <laughs> space I fucking love space science! <laughs> His allotted time to acquaint the leaders the of the SS, universe. if you will. Anything <laughs> like the flat earthers would be like uh, the space science elite. They're keeping us down. I, dude, I've been looking into that shit. Have you, have you heard of the 33 continents theory? Are we going full flat earther right now? 
No, but like, it's I, their I only chance to defeat the aliens. See, the Earth <laughs> is know. a big UFO, and they fly it into Venus and blow them up. Look, dude, we already read fucking the shit from from Bird. It can either be hollow or flat. It's dude, hollow oh. and flat. Dude, there, there is a. Uh... There's a record. There's like a video broadcast of Bird where they asked him a question. They were asking him, like, what new frontiers can young people find? Uh, you know, thinking that like every all land has been discovered. And he says, and this is on TV. He says, beyond the Antarctic, there's a landmass that hasn't been seen by any humans. He says that verbatim in in the broadcast. And that, it's it's super old. It's super old. So like something like that could definitely get swept under the rug. But I thought that was pretty interesting. Man, maybe you could uh, find it. Well, his nephew's a fucking alien lover. So yeah, yeah, we'll get to that in time. Right now, we're shitting on the the bird family, the whole lineage, really. Um, fuck bird. Fuck, fuck birds. <laughs> As allotted time to acquaint the leaders of the United States with his suggestions was limited to three years. During this time, and we're talking about uh, Valiant Thor here, during this time he refused to advise them regarding a certain bomb in the sky, which we now know as the Star Wars system. The Star Wars system? Yes, the Star Wars system was, there, there was a project by the U.S. government to, uh, its surveillance system um against the USSR that's all it was was putting microphones in the atmosphere that's what they make you want to think god i'm i'm We're telling i'm tell, i'm giving them the, the state definition now they that were, but that's almost certainly uh, pointing towards like greater space defense systems i want to say like yes, space lasers yes. and shit have always been hypothesized Yes, and that's why they called it Star Wars, because they thought we were going to actually have laser satellites to blow up the USSR's missiles. You hear a lot of people talking about how how this shit could be used to like for like space wars over meteors that we want to mine, and a lot of people making a lot of conjecture like that, but really aliens is a simpler explanation. Mm. The Miracle Garment. In his apartment, he was able to maintain communications with his ship and was kept informed of the growing world tensions. His uniform underwent rigid tests as that at that time. By today's standards, they would now be obsolete. They attempted to penetrate the material with a diamond drill bit, but it snapped under pressure. Acid rolled off of the uniform and burned a hole in the floor. They fired a high-velocity rifle at the uniform, but it failed to pierce it. The report to the president read, Physical appearance, soft silver and gold lustrous. Fabric, unknown. Weight, six ounces. Six ounces total, including the boots. Cut, close-fitting like a tunic. No cuffs, pockets, buttons, zippers, clips, or hooks. RXT2 tests, indestructible. Finally, a bright-eyed colonel escorted him to a place where the final test would be performed. Val looked at the laser instrument amusingly. Upon command, the laser aimed a fine line of intense light amplification by stimulated emission of radiation. The colonel began mm. to 
began his discourse that this device contained a crystal synthetic ruby in which atoms, when stimulated by focused light waves, amplify and concentrate these waves, then emit the beam. As the colonel continued to speak, his smile gave way to utter dismay, the ray being totally ineffective against the garment. So here we are on the laser shit immediately. This um, crystal-powered laser idea is what uh, Edgar Cayce said they ran Atlantis on. And it's it would be the weapon that destroyed Atlantis, ultimately. Yeah, basically a giant lightsaber. Sick. And uh, they used it to shatter Hyperborea. Because remember, Britain and Scandinavia were all one continent. He babbled on long after the laser had been turned off. He reiterated how powerful the U.S. had become since the splitting of the atom. He gave Val a lesson in atomic fusion. He went on to state that when a chain reaction of nuclear fission is set off by a neutron bombardment in the atoms or a, char a charge of plutonium or uranium isotope with an atomic weight of 235, an immense quantity of energy is suddenly released. The good colonel finally talked himself out, and Val was conducted back to his quarters along with his uniform. 1959 was fast drawing to a close. Chiefs of state were in a constant turmoil and confusion was the only rule of the day. Indecision caused delay after delay. Economists and industrial giants conferred with politicians and military heads daily. The government leaders could not reconcile Val's being in a position to force their hand if he so desired. Several scientists attempted to learn the secrets of interstellar travel without success. Christmas week was now upon us. I had been busily presenting a series of scientific lectures and speaking at a number of churches in Washington, D.C. Earlier that month, I had returned from Cuba, where I met personally with Fidel Castro. Unbeknownst to me, Val, working with Nancy Warren, she was, uh, she was one of only a few since his arrival at the Pentagon. She was one of only a few since his arrival at the Pentagon in whom he was able to discern an honest and open heart and who loved Almighty God, her country, and her fellow man formulated a plan whereby I would be contacted. Um, so yeah, weird fucking stuff. So now they're, they're considering the idea that the aliens from Venus could, could force their proposals onto us having, you know, technology that seems so far ahead of ours. Um, mm -hmm. now if they're aliens, that seems like it'd be a very easy thing to do. But if they're not aliens, there are certain limitations on what their power is, right? Like if they're demons. That's true. It's put, to put it in simpler terms, they operate the same way as vampires, and they need they need to be invited in. Mm. They need to have certain rules and strictures they must obey in order to pull things off. And they don't have infinite power or energy, so they need to be very uh, strategic. Gotcha. Inside the Pentagon. Many Earth people live one life openly, while in their hearts and minds they live quite another. Double-mindedness seemed to be a way of life in the Pentagon building that served as the busy nerve center of our nation. Val once remarked to me that he had never witnessed in one central location such concentrated confusion. Nancy attended a lecture-slash-service, lecture which I conducted at the National Evangelistic Center, pastored by Dr. John Mears in Washington, D.C., 
Following the conclusion of my talk, she approached the platform and asked to speak to me. Strangely enough, the photographer in New Jersey had given Val's photographs to me, and I had been displaying them at my lectures ever since. I had no personal knowledge of them, other than what I had been told by the photographer. When she was unable to grab my attention while I was signing copies of my book, Saucerama, Saucerama, dude, that's what you went with? Anyway. <laughs> oh. She showed her Pentagon ID, and that got my attention quickly, to say the least. We borrowed the pastor's study, and she asked me if I would like to meet the man in the photographs personally. Of course, I answered her with a resounding yes. She then asked if I could follow instructions to the letter, to which I replied that I could, and she told me to meet her at her at the curb in front of my hotel at 8 a.m. the next morning. Mm. Nancy arrived precisely on time, and thus began the journey, which at times would seem unreal, but which later would prove beyond doubt that there is truly life in God's universe. Those of you familiar with the Pentagon know that the normal traffic flow approaching it is to the right. We drove to the left. I knew then that something strange was going on. We had to stand in line to pass a security guard. First one, then the second, visualized an identification badge on my lapel. Wow. So he... I'm not even sure what that's saying. So it's using the trans imagery, I guess? Yeah, um, he projected an actual ID onto his shirt. And this is before Valiant Thor was even there. So I guess... I guess the source of this visualization is Valiant Thor, is the implication? I don't know. Mm. This utterly amazed me, and I felt that at any minute, I would be picked up, handcuffed, and thrown into some jail somewhere. This is, of course, what was only my imagination and anticipation of what was about to take place. Nancy left me standing in front of a door which contained no markings. As the door opened, I walked in and stood on the threshold. My stocky form shifted from one foot to the other as I cleared my throat. The three men in the room were completely unaware of my presence and ignored me. I was puzzled to say the least. Later, I would find out that Val had clouded their minds and rendered them oblivious to the entire session. They continued with their work. The Stranger Appears Being a minister of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, as well as a student of the Bible for many years, coupled with my experience as a special investigator, I felt as though my senses were functioning properly, and that I knew exactly what I was about to do. I was on my guard for fakes and frauds. Uh, in walked a man about six feet tall, perhaps 185 pounds, brown wavy hair, brown eyes. His complexion appeared normal and slightly tanned. As I approached him and he looked at me, it was as though he looked straight through me. With a warm smile and extending his hand, he greeted me by name. Hello, Frank. How are you? His genuineness astonished me, but quickly I understood. As I gripped his hand, I was somewhat surprised to feel the soft texture of his skin, like that of a baby butt with the strength of a man that silently testified to his power and intensity. His voice was very strong and mellow. It was filled with purpose and character. I again looked around the room to see whether the other men would say or do anything. They were still working as if I weren't there. I noticed that he was wearing the same type of clothing as I, when I asked if he possessed any other clothing, he said that he had given several officials a garment so they could run tests on it. He then proceeded to a closet and produced a one-piece suit that glittered uh, as the sun which streamed in through the window hit the fabric. I thought that it looked like liquid sunshine. I asked him about the material from which it was made. He answered, It is made of a, a material not of this earth. The general appearance of the, appearance of the suit 
was all one piece, even down to the boots. It contained no buttons, zippers, or snaps. I asked him how it held together. He demonstrated by holding the front together and passing his hand over it as if to smooth it out. I could not even locate an opening. It was held together by an invisible force. Magic textiles. Mm. So efficient. Like just wearing the same same thing every day. Is this like an allusion to like a biblical story? Is this like, uh, what was that? What is it? Someone help me out here. Joseph's cloak or something like that. Man, I should know this stuff. Cloak of many colors. Whereas cloak of visions. Yeah, I feel like it's an allusion to that. I don't know. Huh. Uh, I guess that's a topic for another time. This is just like a super sophisticated... I feel like the entirety of the the Earth... The day that Earth stood still was ripped from this. But that was 1951. When When was this published? Oh, I'm not sure. You're asking a lot of me right now. If you could just uh, Google up Stranger in the Pentagon. Yeah, does this go back to the 1940s? I I don't know. I'll look it up after I I get done what I'm reading. I don't want to switch up what I'm looking at here. But Sped Kaczynski in the chat says Space Jankum. You got that right, brother. Uh, Photons in there. Hell yeah. Alpine on. We got the the space jankum manufactoriums on the moon. Oh, originally published nineteen sixty seven. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. To help mankind, he told me that his purpose in coming was to help mankind return to the Lord. He spoke in positive terms, always with a smile on his face. He said that man was further away from God than ever before, but there was still a good chance if a man looks in the right place. He told me he had been here to uh, he had been here to fingerprints intrigue me. There's a there's something wrong in in the PDF. He told me he had been here. Fingerprints intrigued me as I had been involved as a private investigator for quite some time, even working at times uh, on loan to some of the government agencies. I I had learned of the science of fingerprints with the impression of the lines and the whorls and the inner surface of the last joint of each finger on the human hand. He told me that all earth people were thusly marked since the fall of Adam in the Garden of Eden, during the very dawn of civilization as we know it today. He began to prepare me for the road which lie ahead. It would not be an easy one. There would be uh, adversities, organized attempts to both discourage and discredit me, but the rewards have proved to outweigh these trials which continue even to this day. We discussed the merits of Jesus Christ, how he gave his life freely so that men could enjoy the benefits of eternal life. I questioned him about a Bible on Venus, and he assured me that a personal, unbroken fellowship with the author did not necessitate the printing of a book. He found it amusing that many theologians attempt to discredit both Jesus and the Bible. The very God many have said is dead continues to lavish them with all good things. Perhaps they will in time permit the spark of divine light to again illuminate their troubled hearts. So aliens from Venus uh, telling us about Jesus... Like this is another instance of like um you know they'll they'll come as as angels of light, but they are liars. Yes, I mean that that goes to the whole thing. Like uh, judge them by the fruit of their actions. 
And that was yeah. the thing with like dealing with the cult uh, and the cult practices and stuff is that a lot, a lot of spirits are going to pretend to be you know, what they're not. And as it goes with the whole alien thing, we're all thinking that like, oh, they're extraterrestrial. While some of them are just flat out liars. Yeah. Like, yeah. So it's, it's basically what they do. We, we got I believe that they're using Jesus in order to twist his teaching. That that could be. A, you say the the, a way that, the that, You know the the fruits of this is like what what is so telling, but like there are no fruits because it seems like they're not allowed to actually intervene in any way. Yes. So you can't even judge it by that. So it's like here's a snapshot. In answer to my question of what he thought of Jesus Christ, he said, I know that Jesus is the Alpha and Omega of yours and everyone else's faith. He today has assumed his rightful position as the ruler of the universe and is preparing a place and a time for all who were called by his name to ascend far above the clouds to where his power and authority shall never again be disputed. So, uh, far ascend far above the clouds. Like, I don't think that's a rapture reference. I think that's like Jesus is an alien stuff. Mm. I believe that maybe, Jesus. Go on. May like he said, there was there's a different version of of Christianity on Venus. Maybe that's their language for heaven. If he if he is if he is telling the truth, there would be difference in 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 theological language. Yeah, I, well, there's some interesting theological language that, like, we even see uh, in in our where we we can actually pull up examples of strange things, like the, like when Jesus was coming around and the Pharisees were asking, like, who he claimed to be, and Jesus would say, like, I'm I'm the one who rides upon silver clouds, which would that would no. I, that, that reference sounds really strange to us in this in this day and age. So, like, what, what does that sound like to you? You rides like on silver I, clouds. I want to fucking check that real quick because I don't think that's in the Bible. I read that book and I don't think Jesus ever says that. I'm looking no, it up right not, now. It's it doesn't seem to be. It's not in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. <laughs> Uh, it's it's one of those like uh, offshoot uh, gospels. Oh, the ones that were thrown yeah, out for like, good reason. I yeah, like Thomas. Supposedly, supposedly, some of them. I I feel like there was some pettiness against them. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, I don't know. Everybody's got their opinion on on like the books of Enoch and everything, but clearly. Clearly, the people who wrote the the canonical Bible were were using that as inspiration. I don't know if you can prove that they believed it, but when when uh, the Book of Jude oh. quotes directly from Enoch, I don't know. It's it's hard to say with Cain. Oh, that you you gotta you gotta understand like thinking as an individual living at that time. Like the Book of Enoch was a a book that everybody and their mama knew. Like that that was that was part of. Uh, that's part of the normal literature and education that you had during that, that time. Yeah, so that, it was that probably as close to canon as 
there was canon. I don't know how much canon they had, but that was as close as anything. They had too much. That's well, that's probably true. The church council in the beginning. Yeah. Then, I, I also think like a lot of these things are like uh, historical context for these people as well. Like when they want to look at something in their own history. Like, sometimes these are the closest things because they didn't have history textbooks back in the day. Like, their their theology also was their history books yeah. as well. So that, that's why it might look like there's a lot of fucking uh, too much canon or, like, too much, like, fucking literature and shit. But, like, it's just accumulation over, over time. Some people fucking uh, kept this shit around. Yeah. I'm telling you, there weren't there weren't people that would sit down and write a gospel, their own gospel, and the reason why the Council of Nicaea was even proposed was because you had so many Christian sects that were literally going around having gang wars in the city streets. That, not, that type of society does, does sound kind of appealing to me at this current would, time. You know, you had different Christian sects in different color uniforms literally stabbing yeah. people. <laughs> <laughs> you're, okay, so you're trying to, to make me not want this? That sounds so much better than the gang wars that we're experiencing now. I want that. You well, yeah, it, it happened in... I mean, there's like a... It got so bad that Constantine himself called the council, not not any of the not any of who would become the church father. The church leaders, yeah. Right. So let's go on with this fucking Valiant Thor shit. I want to get through this. I will. <laughs> I believe that Jesus Christ is the wonder of wonders and changes not. No, not forever and forever. What? As he spoke these words, my own heart burned within me, and tears filled my eyes. He turned to the window and said, Frank, <laughs> it will not be long. Contend for the faith, and you will never miss the mark. I asked him if there is life on other planets. And then we go into the life on other planets section. I want to note that miss the mark is the origin of the term sin. Is, yeah. That's what I've heard, at least. Yeah, it's uh, an archery term. To It means to miss the mark. Yeah, so it's definitely true. It actually means two things. Stain is one. You said stain? Stain. Stain. Like a stain on your shirt? Yes. Uh, okay. Life on oh. other planets. What do you got? I wonder what Thor's take on Islam. I would like to know. Do you, I know. It's, it's weird because, like, Islam was kind of, like, relatively unknown to, like, your average American. I feel I, mean, I could be wrong, but I feel like until like the Iran crisis, like you, you hear very little. And what you do hear, they're always called like the Mohammedans. And you can clearly tell, like they don't really know or care what the fuck they believe. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah. Okay. Life on other planets. His reply was, there is life on many other planets of which people on earth know nothing. There are more solar systems for which man has not even given God credit. There are many beings that have never transgressed the perfect laws of God. Man does not possess the right to condemn the whole of God's creation because he himself has broken the perfect laws of God through disobedience. I asked him what he would do if the military prevented him from leaving on the appointed day. 
He simply stated, Frank, do you remember one day after Jesus arose from the dead? He had gone in search of several of his followers. They closed themselves in a locked room, and suddenly they saw Jesus standing in the very midst of them. He then smiled and looked to me as if to imply, need I say more? So he's very much comparing himself to Jesus, and though we are all encouraged to pick up our crosses and follow, I don't know, to to compare yourself to Jesus' resurrection. Alarm bells are ringing in my brain right now. Yeah. As I turned to leave the room, he simply said, please keep your faith and leave the same way you came in. Continue to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all other things will, in time, be added to you and yours. Goodbye for now, and God bless you, and keep you always. I left that meeting astounded, greatly encouraged, and yet with a heavy heart, not knowing what the future would hold. I began to wonder who would believe me if I ever told of the strange encounter with a man from another planet. I first considered not repeating this extraordinary story, but the more I thought about it, the more I prayed about it, the more I felt that it would bring a great blessing to those who would hear and read it. Imagine being an evangelical pastor. I get So this was the late 60s. This is basically uh, contemporary with Sitchin's work. It's within a few years, I believe. And I, I wonder if... if uh, the like Genesis six stuff had really caught on in like the conspiracy occult paranormal UFO circles until Sitchin hit the scene because you'd think an evangelical pastor would already know these things, right? Maybe these are more modern assumptions. I don't know. It would do really good in a revival. Yeah. God, I hate that title. (laughs) This interplanetary traveler possessed a wealth of knowledge, not only about science and God, but also about me. He stated that my book, Saucerama, could not have been written without heavenly guidance. Dude, would (laughs) God write Saucerama? Do you really think God would write Saucerama? Right up there with the fucking Quran. (laughs) Man. Val's instructions were to leave Washington, D.C. no later than March 16, 1960. That meant that there were less than three months during which he could confer with scientists, politicians, military men, and the like. All missed his point entirely. They were all filled with self-ambition and cared little for the pressing needs of mankind. His efforts to bring about an end to the sickness and disease that plagued this planet were met with pathetic refusal. He was told over and over that his presence and his ideas were a threat to the political and economic structure. Certain religious leaders were also fearful of losing a grip on the people in the event that his presence was admitted on an official level. It was very disheartening that the administration failed to lay hold of such information that would change the course of human activities for the good because of economic reasons. Let's blame the economy. You wanted, you just love demons. Otherwise, we'd all have demon GFs by now. People want switches that we trans trans imagery. Oh, God. Downloading some trans imagery right now, boys. Fuck. (laughs) Security regulations were very tight, but despite the fact that they knew he would come and go as he pleased, he delighted in playing their game. Val had vowed not to use force, and so another course of action would be necessary if the information which he had to relate were to be disseminated. This is the reason why he contacted men of godly character and strength around the world. 
Many are presently working in close contact with Val and other members of his crew. His crew. The crew. The boys. <laughs> meeting with President. His last meeting with the President did not reap any lasting results. He wanted to let the world know of Val's proposed plan, but the Secretary of Defense, the head of the Central Intelligence Agency, and the military chiefs of staff were opposed to his suggestion. The President attempted to effect a joint meeting before the General Assembly of the United Nations, but this plan too was rejected. He was informed that the UN would receive a special press release in the form of a memorandum to the, Security Gener the Secretary General no later than February 7, 1966. These leaders of the U.S. government argued long into the night, fearing that if the people of this nation learned of the plan Val was offering, they might choose to follow him instead of them. When a man feels that his personal peace and tranquility may be threatened, the human reaction is always that of swift self-preservation. At one point, the vice president insisted that the pressure boys allow the president to make the choice. He was vetoed uh, without even a chance to complete his statements. Pressure boys. That sounds like some Pizzagate shit, dude. <laughs> Pressure cooker boys. <laughs> when when Nixon wants his head crushed, he calls the pressure boys. <laughs> God, I wish that was me. <laughs> CIA secret files. World conditions were not growing any better. Much international pressure was being brought to bear upon the administration. They fought diligently and enforced rigid regulations with stiff penalties for revealing Val's presence. Even a major newscaster who inadvertently learned of his visit through one of his paid informants was silenced by none other than the Central Intelligence Agency, which has consisted, uh, consistently disclaim, disclaimed all knowledge concerning UFOs. Meanwhile, they maintained secret files that could actually prove the existence of intelligent life in the universe beyond all doubt. The morning of March 15, 1960, saw Val meeting with Nancy Warren, who would continue to work inside the Pentagon and be Warren. one of his contacts in, the Was in Washington, D.C., in the area. Yeah, dude. It's a fake name. It's in quotes every time. I should have noted that. She would continue communication with others who would become part of his Earth contacts. There are still to this day many adversaries to human freedom. These parasites have embedded themselves in all phases of human society and will never be exposed except by the extraterrestrial intervention. They're the real wingnats. <laughs> there are confused individuals who have perfected a saucer-type aircraft. Some of these are the result of an attempt by some to institute a master race. Quote, master race. Remnants of this group still exist. These crafts, which they designed, are still seen from time to time in areas of South America, where some of those involved in the original plan still reside. So now we're literally talking about Nazis in Argentina. Yeah, he's still saying the Nazis are evil. You think the yeah, but were they in Argentina? The Nazis are evil. What are they doing in Argentina? Were they? I, but are they in Argentina? Is that point real? Yes. There are little families that are descended from Nazi soldiers in Argentina and Chile. So these crafts should not be confused with the spacecrafts originating from other worlds or those coming from the interior of this planet. That also noted. That's interesting as well. Because in, in Admiral Byrd's report, the space Nazis were good, right? No. They weren't? I don't remember. It's been so long. What did they, they want to do? Admiral Byrne 
trying to kill them all. <laughs> a valiant effort. A Thorian effort. Emerald Bird, the, the Lipgarden. He's going to save American freedom and democracy. He's going to ride a mammoth into the Capitol building. Yeah. That's what they should have done. Nor should the occupants of crafts originating from other worlds be confused with those evil messengers who do not originate from Earth, but were cast into it after the first war ever recorded. They are in league with earthly low-grades who have condemned themselves because of their own choices. That's fucking bullshit to me. That pisses me off right there, to be honest. That is like, these are not demons. The demons are in league with earthly low-grades? What the fuck is an earthly low-grade? You're telling me that President Eisenhower isn't an earthly low-grade? Is that what you're trying to tell me? Because I don't believe it. I think all of these assholes at the Pentagon are the earthly low-grades. He probably meant Hitler was was uh, one of these demonic forces. That might be what he means. The spaceman departs. But it's 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 very easy to get into that thing of like uh, you know, big bad man kill people. He's yeah. obviously evil. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, good spaceman says Jesus stuff. Yeah. The fallen. Sure. The spaceman departs. On March 16th, Val dematerialized and departed from this phase of his earthly mission. His next stop was the outskirts of Alexandria, Virginia, where his ship and his crew awaited his arrival, hidden by a wooded area. It was no problem for him to reassemble the atoms of his body inside his ship. Oh, man. Hold on, hold on, hold on. All right, did you say in Alexandria, Virginia? Yeah, that's where the ship was. Oh. Where the fuck in that city is he going to fucking do that? And nobody's going to be like, The wooded area, bro. There were some sticks over there. He put it it under the fucking, under like a, a, uh, some sort of like tree, uh, tree shelter, like a big Probably back in the 60s, uh, they had tree areas, but today, no, it's shit like that. We're probably flying off course and he meant to land in Alexandria, Egypt. Maybe. As his craft slowly rose, a number of people stopped and pointed excitedly in his direction. Others stood motionless, transfixed by the sight which they beheld. He felt big, foulest craft. He felt such a tremendous feeling of love for them all in his dick ship. There was no panic in them, just curiosity and a strong desire to know more. Then, as the (laughs) USAF jets were scrambled... Yes? So, so his fucking ship looks like a fucking dick and balls. I think we're just assuming air. that, but I, I, it's, it's Occam's razor, really. He shoots, shoots lasers calm. out of the fucking beehole. Of the yeah. <laughs> then, as the USAF jets were scrambled, with the force field now in full use, the planes darted past the ship, unable to see them now. Even ground radar lost them on their equipment. Confusion once again reigned. On the way back to Victor 1, he meditated on his home planet, the low, heavy, colorful clouds, the even temperatures, the perfectly diffused sunlight that made shadows almost non-existent, the lushness of the rich green grass surrounding his home. He was informed of several oh, Earth people. Rich green grass on oh, Venus? Yeah, that's what I'm saying, dude. Like, dude, yeah. they be saying shit like this. And I'm just like, dude, like the whole fucking Saturn and the Jupiter and the... These motherfuckers are talking about, like, yeah, yeah, 
I'm about to say yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, dog, I'm fucking winning from fucking... I'm, I'm on Sa- Isn't Sanders supposed to be fucking gas giant? I'm, yeah, they're gas. Like, this is all fucking NASA fucking lies here. that you're fucking buying hook, line, and sinker, boy. <laughs> those fucking photos yeah, so, are doctored. So Every I'm single here, one of them. So all those are just clouds and there's a surface underneath? Like... Doctored. Oh my god. Low-grade <laughs> oh men god. doctored those images in NASA. Man, that, that's as silly as that motherfucker that I saw on Costa Costa and I was like saying, uh, it's like, yeah, dude, you could you could walk on the surface of the moon. There's there's an atmosphere, like they got trees and shit. This was a very it. common <laughs> thing in the nineties. This was a very common I, thing. Dude, I just like I'm like, dude, that'd be fucking sick, but you're fucking lying ass motherfucker. Because like there's no way a desolate place like that is gonna have breathable. I I do there, part of me does think that everything NASA says is a lie. So it's like possible that there could be something growing on these fucking. Pla- I don't fucking know. Like I don't. Yes, I wouldn't totally. I, discount I it. don't doubt that, but I, being so close to the sun, you yeah. wouldn't think Venus. Yeah, you don't have, have green grass. You have brown fucking know. grass. I don't know. Temperate. You're saying it's very temperate. You're right. And pleasant. Yeah. Hey, aren't they supposed to have like r- like mercury running from the fucking uh, NASA? NASA's lying. Oh, <laughs> well, but here's a theory. So what if he does? What if he does? Again, what if he does live on Venus, but on another on another realm? Well, I think he previously like, said that they lived underground on Venus. No, not like underground. I said in another realm. I know, but I think I think he previously like said the that they lived idea. underground. That's where the the people on oh, Venus lived. So yeah, I don't know. It doesn't make it any clearer. That's for fucking sure. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It, it, the assumption is he's lying. He's probably if this was real, he was probably lying about where he was from. I trust the alien more than NASA. Yeah, honestly, that's where I'm at at this point. Because NASA's run by the aliens. So if you get one alone, he has a better chance of, of telling you the truth. You get him drunk on Drano, then he'll say everything. He was informed of several Earth people with whom he would maintain contact for a long time into the future. Strangely enough, those who knew of his presence, yet who claimed a disbelief, were those who feared the most. Others figured they should have been the ones contacted, and not those who were. The fully contacted the fucking CIA. The fuck? Upon returning to his home planet, he advised the advised the Council of Central Control, which is like the fucking the Space Council, of the results of his Earth visit, including the I failure. Counsel. Yes, including the failure of the leaders of the United States to take him up on his offer of advice and assistance to the human family. He was given the following instructions: one, to mingle with and become as Earth people; two, to work and labor in Earth enterprises; three. To help those who encounter possible threat or danger while striving for world peace. Hmm. Four. To give them advice and guidance. Five. To entrust with superior knowledge those who have proven themselves. Six. Divulge the essence of their mission to the collective national leader of Earth only when the time is right. Hmm. As of this writing, he continues with this mission, at the same time assisting in preventing our civilization from being the cause of orbital chaos by the destruction of our planet. 
Here is a a flying disc over South Africa. I don't know. Okay. It cool. looks like an egg. This one frying. This is from Lubbock, Texas. This is uh the same thing as the Arizona lights. Mm, looks like the underside of a bomber. I I really like the whole egg spaceship idea because it's like it's very nice. Yeah, it's nice and convenient. It's it's like from Dune, dude. Like, have you seen the movie? They're like flying an egg. egg Everything's not. so nice and circular. It's like an apple it's, somewhere in there. <laughs> it's all very aesthetic and appealing. Yeah, dude, that, that's very, nice. very sensual. So what do we do next? I'm not sure exactly. I have uh, I have this Billy Meyer shit. I have some reptilian shit. What are you guys in the mood for? Billy Meyer shit. It's the most I think tangible. That's, yeah, I think that's related to what we're talking about now. Let's hit that shit up. So Billy Meyer is a contactee. Let's let me let me. I'm fuck. I'm sure this video will explain everything. Let me not go overboard. Uh, yeah. Let's get the tech going. Let's do this. Stream the cat video. Cat time. Is that what people want? Is that what really what people want? Is, Straight up cat time. That's what they crave. God damn that's it! What they need dog. They deserve it. No, that's what they need. Cat. They need cats. They don't need dogs. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's go to this. Oh my shits! My shits all fucked up. Don't mind me while I do some fucking minor adjustments to what the fuck everybody be looking at, dog. Um. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. We're ready. We're ready. Let's hear about Billy Meyer. Thank you, Flame. Right, Stop playing with it. Oh, okay, no. Back to normal now, and we're ready to head into outer space. And my mistake at the top of the show, I told you it was Pleiadians. It's Pleiadians. Exactly right. That, I uh, need that. This dude is going to be damned by space Jesus for eternity. <laughs> Pleiadians. He's a reptilian. I'm not too. Con- I'm not too convinced that he's a human. Let's get some clips in those eyes. Take a- oh, look at the shapes. They're shape shifting right now. Yeah, look gotta- at that. He shapes. <laughs> Dude, look at the brow on that woman. That the brow is just changing shape. The fucking cheekbones are moving all over the place. That hair ain't even real. I can promise you that. I'm scared. She looks like Richard Nixon. Is this Richard Nixon? And That's Jack? old Tricky Dick over there. Talking to Tricky Brad Stearns has been talking about UFOs, and he's here today to talk about Billy Meyer. Yes, and today it does get a little strange. I will have to admit, Pleiades is a star cluster in the nighttime sky, which can be seen throughout the northern continent. This man, Billy Meyer, uh, his full name is Edward Billy Meyer. They call him Billy because of his affinity for the Old West in America. He has claimed to have contact with beings from the star cluster known as Pleiades. Now, whether or not you believe that is a, is a different Hello. story. But hey, dude, the watch this video. Taken. What's up, Brad? What do you got to say about the fucking Pleiadians or whatever? Oh, no, I was just seeing what you guys were up to, if you guys are still doing content. Yeah, you're finishing up in like, a, I don't know, 20 minutes, half hour. Why? You got anything else to say? No, I just wanted to say I started drinking. Okay, I'm, <laughs> I'm drinking a little bit, too. That's understandable, like Brad. Four, four cores banquets deep right now. A whole four of them? My God, man. 
You were I, well, I was at fucking. I was at dinner earlier. <laughs> fucking crushed beers there. She had a martini. Mm, that's how it's done. Mike. Dirty, dirty. Mm, fucking I'm getting a boner right now just thinking about one. That was at the Brazilian steakhouse, and they like one of their signature cocktails was the the dirty kettle, which is just a really dirty kettle one martini. I was like, oh, I want that. Yeah, dude, I approve. All right. Yeah. And then I got the bill. I was really upset. Dog, I saw a Seinfeld bit about that today. Have a flashback. Have <laughs> <laughs> a flashback. Well, no, here's the thing. You look you look up their menu online, and I'll tell you how much it is a fucking person. They they wait till you get there, then they spring the bill on you. It's like, yep, uh, two people, a hundred dollars. God and cocktails and and the water. Alright, this is where they got me. So they they put the bottle of water on the table, but they don't tell you you're charging. They're charging you for the bottle of the fancy water. Fuck, dude. You can of course ask, they ask are. Ask for the tap water. You can ask for the tap water, which is free, but the bottle of fancy water they charge you five dollars for it. <laughs> That's true. I I don't know. I can't get away with fucking spending less than like a hundred dollars going out to eat. It just like can't be done anymore. Oh no! At the end of the day, it was it was like one sixty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, my minimum was like seventy five bucks. If I didn't spend yeah, that, I didn't have a good water, time. <laughs> no, top water is Brad, free. We're gonna go back to watching this video, dog. All right, all right. Is it, go back to watching mullet Charlie Sheen. Or yeah, that's what we're this? doing. It's important. The things that he has said, and this is a man with only a sixth grade education, and he has come back and, and brought technical like terms from these contact meetings that he's had in the forest in Switzerland. People have driven him to these contact points, and he's come back with very technical information that no one understands how, how a man with, with a sixth grade education would know these things. This is probably the most documented case in UFO history, and we will meet the people who have done that. Colonel Wendell Stevens, Tom Welch, and Lee and Britt Elders have conducted this investigation into the Billy Meyer case. Now, what you're about to see is a little bit hard to believe, but prepare yourself for this. All right, here we have some examples of Billy Meyer's photography with his, in his contacts with uh, the Pleiadian aliens. They're beautiful pictures. I'll give them that. Uh, are they very convincing? There's videos, too. I don't think they're any more convincing than the images. No comment. I'm pretty convinced. I'm These already are photos a of Edward Billy Meyer, a Swiss farmer who has claimed to have I, contact I with... A document, docu I did watch a documentary about this, about, like, the same individuals that you just spoke of uh, uh, conduct... They actually recorded this investigation on, like, some special or something. And uh, the very primitive technology that they were using back then, but like they were able to uh, say like these images are legit. Like the, there's no yeah, dude. It's a, it's not disc. Like how I, uh, you can find literally any fucking stupid image and be like, oh, that's real or that's fake, and I'll find somebody to prove it. So well, I don't know. They fucking. I don't, I can't really say how good that technology was back in the was it nineteen sixty nine or something like this? that. To, to, are you saying to fake this? Well, he, he, the, those same guys that you they just spoke of, uh, they they took these photos and took them to like a specialist to see if they were fake. Yeah, but like, come on some now, <laughs> some no jerk burger. off the. <sighs> This this could literally just be forced perspective. 
there's always some like uh, like a tree or something in the foreground. You could think maybe that's like for scale or something, but it's definitely not for scale because you have no fucking idea how big that goddamn tree is. And it seems like that could likely be used for forced perspective, basically, to make something something look further away than it actually is. And it's it's a filmmaking technique that fucking far predates this. So I don't know. And when well, I look at the videos, maybe I could pull one up. I don't have any ready to go. Maybe they'll show some. The way the fucking crafts move uh, looks very similar to something that's swinging on fishing line. Yeah, I, I did see that video. I was just like, that looks whack as fuck. If I had a ship like that, why the fuck would I be rocking like that? But like, he, he may have some excuse saying like, oh, the reason why they move like that is because they, they use the, the Earth's geomagnetic wave. I was like, really, dude? Like, it's going to make you rock like a fucking... Literally, like, you're on the screen. Maybe I they're don't... high on drugs. You don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, they are All I'm saying is that if, if I got the budget, if I got the budget to make a fucking TV special about this shit, you're sure as shit right I'm going to pay the guy who does the photo analysis to say it's real. You're goddamn right I'm going to do that. I believe everybody in the show is being truthful. Photos of Edward Billy Meyer, a Swiss farmer who has claimed to have contact with extraterrestrials from the star cluster we know as the Pleiades. A fantastic claim by any standards, and the photos are sure to raise questions in even the most open-minded individuals. If real, they're some of the most convincing evidence in existence of life from other planets. If a hoax, the questions come to mind. How and why? You have to know Billy or at least observe him through some of our video that we have of him. He's uh, a handicapped Swiss farmer. He's Very lacking like in education, sixth grade education. He's missing equipment. an arm. He I mean, lives on a, a pension hand, of a roughly equivalent Maybe 500 US dollars per his month because of his loss of his left arm. And so he doesn't have resources really to get involved and create some exotic hoax. We couldn't find accomplices. Voice in my head, I heard something to leave the house, to go out and to take a photo camera with me. Lee and Britt Elders are professional investigators specializing in corporate espionage and computer... I'll say when, they, when they're like, he doesn't have the resources, I'm literally talking about like a hubcap and fishing wire. You know what mm. I mean? Data theft with their company, Intercept. And so the last thing on our mind was a UFO case. We wanted no part of it. But our friend, and branch. Our friend Need the branch. Wendell C. Stevens, retired Air Force, spent 30 years searching, uh, looking into the UFO phenomena. He was uh, very persuasive. And he finally talked us into meeting him in London, which we did, and traveling to Switzerland to meet this uh, character, Edward Billy Meyer. You say they're advanced technologically. How, how far ahead of us advanced are they? They are about 3,500 years in their experiences about technology. They study us because we represent an earlier stage of their own evolution. The elders eventually spent nearly 10 years of their mm. lives on this case. A case that stretches the boundaries of imagination and the very fabric of what we know as reality. On my camera, yeah. we're taking yeah. movies, right? Yeah. This is actual Corner. eight millimeter movie footage shot video. by Meyer of the Pleiadian craft. Mm. He claimed not only look at the way it rocks one way and then rocks the other. 
That it's, could just be the the camera itself. It's not. No, no. You can see there's that is the use of the shit in the foreground here is that you can kind of see the movie. Play the video, skeptical yak. He claimed not Let's only that he photographed the ships, the other. but that he had even met with As the if Pleiadians it's swinging. several hundred times at their request. He's always oh, referred dude, to as getting a cooling sensation dude. across his forehead like a slight breeze of, uh, of air. Even our and modern was, aircraft uh, him do that. That right. they were in the vicinity to go out and get on his moped and hover ride. Like a and to get away from civilization as best he could so that they could have a one-on-one Look at this primitive doofus on his motorcycle. He's literally me. Yeah, I want this be for me. Like, of the conversations I be just is that it's like time that the Earth go. human realize they aren't the thinking, the only thinking beings in the universe. Uh, they talked about some scientific information, but nothing in detail. Just little tiny pieces to a great big puzzle. Meyer kept a journal of his contacts, writing most of what was said. You call us extraterrestrials, or starmen, and you attribute to us superhuman powers, even though you do not know us. Regarding this, we are men like you, but our knowledge and our understanding exceeds yours considerably. Especially in the technical field. <laughs> it's for the real, dude. Made perfect sense. I'm fucking getting right on that fucking thing. Do you think you're going to stop me? I will kill you if you try to stop me from getting <laughs> on that spacecraft. You hear her voice. You hear the beautiful echo they add to, to let you know how majestic and wonderful she is. Another example of trans imagery. <laughs> Female voice, but he says we are men. Precise. <laughs> Space niggles. And were apparently meant to be shared with the rest of the world. We have to take care of ourselves as a planet because we don't only affect Wasn't there a movie our on future, this? but we affect okay, everything. Niggas, uh, it's true. Yeah, then we were talking here for uh, about one hour or one hour and a quarter, something like that. The Pleiadians had a game plan for Meyer in one case to aid the alien planet Earth. They asked Meyer to write a letter to a doctor, Professor McElroy, the University of Harvard, I think it was. So, like, and I, I got, I got a question. Uh, so, like, isn't it kind of weird that all these Palladians are always, like, white, blonde uh, people? No, that's I don't know. Really normal. That's exactly yeah, how I Yeah, yeah. So, like, so like, so is Earth like, are are like brown folk like exclusive to Earth? Or yeah, in like, the story, that know. is the truth. Is is that like the black people are the closest to the original Earth humans before the aliens came and enslaved us and modified our genetics? That is I, generally the story. You know, the funny thing is that that actually is mentioned in the Sumerian uh, Sumerian lore. Because it, like they they described man uh, all being brown, uh, like the up until like a certain point. Um, so like they, they had like the story of the Adapa, like the first the first uh, version of man. So these see these, these were like basically described as brown, like they they were uh, made from clay, as they say in the story. Yeah. 
Right on it. That's pretty. Yeah, but they have no reference to the. There's no reference to the color black. In the in the Sumerian lore, because and I don't think they would, because everybody in that area was copper colored. The the question is like, are these these things presenting themselves as aliens? Are they showing their true form, or are they just showing us exactly what we want to see, what we are most comfortable with? Hmm. That's that's true. Um, This can only mean that in order for us to advance our technology three thousand years into the future, we need to get rid of the minorities. information they were going to admire and that information was on the ozone level they said that we were in deep trouble that very few scientists had this information now but in time they would see the critical situation that exists now this is we're talking 1975 we're talking 15 years ago that he sent this letter did not hear anything in return last year we read in the Arizona Republic here where Professor McElroy was leading the expedition of scientists to the North Pole to study the ozone problem. Coincidence? Very possibly. When investigating a case of this nature, all aspects and theories must be considered with equal weight. There is other physical evidence that Meyer claims to have received from the visitors, things that may astound you, or at least make you wonder. And tomorrow we will see about the investigation uh, that uh, Lee and Britt and Tom and Colonel Stevens all uh, took part in. Looks like Ben Starr. (laughs) Yeah, I really, I really, I'm really enjoying this behind-the-scenes interview of Museum Three. What a, what an interesting plot. Oh, let's move on to the next one. Let's see this investigation. Investigation. Transimagery. Got him. Got him. Remember when TV was like this? <laughs> God, yeah, take me like back, dude. 90s. Yeah, this is good shit. It makes me fucking reminds me of getting up early and watching like funniest home movies or some shit. Oh, and we haven't even got started exactly yet. Right. Shifting, talking UFOs, and I'm already on the list over here. Right. Brad Staggs is here, and he's been here all week talking about UFOs, and uh, we talked week, about man. Billy Meyer at the top of the show today, Brad, and. We're going to visit more with him today, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, we are. It, you know, it's been interesting since yesterday when we when we showed you the photos and the movie footage that Billy Meyer has taken. The response has been very interesting. It's very easy when you see a fuzzy picture of something that someone says is in the nighttime sky. That, oh, that's a UFO. Oh, yeah, you believe that. But you see a nice, clear, crisp photo with all the details, and, and people won't believe it. They'll think it's a phony. That's right. And that's exactly what's happened with Billy Meyer. Fucking straw man, all these images, fucking some asshole saying they're fake, some asshole saying they're real, and you can't believe a single goddamn one of them. And the, here's the fact of the matter is, if, if this shit were real, the photographs don't fucking matter. They will never fucking matter. Too bad. Occupied by aliens. His photos and his movie footage uh, are so crisp and precise that no one believes it. So these four people, Tom Welch, Colonel Wendell Stevens, uh, Lee and Britt Elders, set out to investigate this man. And what we're going to look at today is their investigation in trying to disprove Billy Myers' claims that he actually had contact. Let's go ahead and take a look at this. We'll recap what we've seen uh, since yesterday. 
Edward Billy Meyer, handicapped Swiss farmer and self-proclaimed contactee of visitors to our planet from the Pleiades star cluster. These are the photos that Meyer claims he has taken of their spaceships over a six-year period from 1975 to 1981. Lee and Britt Elders, owners of an investigative firm known as Intercept, found themselves thrust into the middle of the case by their friend and longtime UFO buff, Colonel Wendell Stevens. They were skeptical at best. <laughs> he wanted to disprove it immediately. Right. Uh, he thought he could go in, look at Billy Meyer and say, Unbelievable. Ah, fake this whole thing and go from there. But as the investigation wore on, Slay they the found their position eroding somewhat. Billy brought out photographs. Before we left, he gave us metal samples. So here we're sitting with hard evidence oh, that can be analyzed so that's by the, our technology. That's the interesting thing right there. What? The, the jet or whatever uh, behind the, it? No, no, no. The metal samples. Can we see hmm. the metal samples? Let's see. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. It can so be analyzed by our technology. And it looks not like us a make a judgment farting. call, but a scientist, a qualified person, can then make his judgment of it. They began with a photo. The UFOs so, are powered by Brad. Phil Schneider would have metal samples of, of weird shit during his lectures. Like, it comes up, I think, uh, it's the other guy that I always fucking forget from Los Alamos. That dude always has fucking metal samples. Yeah, so, they're around, I don't know. Graphs. In order to completely analyze them and search for any signs of trickery, the Lazar. elders needed Lazar. highly specialized equipment. A, a micro was the piece of equipment we really That's needed. That's how it's done, folks. Else. But we couldn't find it. There were only a few available. Here we have the fucking fishing rod and string method with Billy Meyer. So this is supposedly done to take these photos in order to disprove his his supposedly legitimate photos, but I don't know. They said they kind of recreate it. It looks like a pretty they good recreation. If you cropped this, if you just cropped this image, you would have a Billy Meyer photo. How dare you, you say that? cropped all the people out of it. He's missing an arm, and I'm going to bully him over it. I'm missing an arm. Real, real classy. You have a history of bullying crooks, guy. Better stop that. Bad. I'll stop it. I'll stop it. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, they didn't want to invite us in to look for strings yeah, and UFO photographs or wires or overlays and things like that. <laughs> I am a year later, they were in luck. The because University of, the of Arizona of these, had been donated a microdentometer, and the elders were knocking yeah, on their door the very, very next day. The university allowed them to kind. use their equipment, but not their name. UFOs kind. were still a taboo subject in the scientific community. The objects in the photos were analyzed. All of the analysis that was done says it's an object some distance from the camera, approximately mm. 21 feet wide. And that's all it can tell you. It can tell you that there are no strings, there are no wires, it is not a paste up, but it can't tell you what it is. Their oh, position softened even old, more. Yeah. yeah, I don't buy it. It was no longer a hoaxing it. If he is hoaxing it, let's find out how. But if he's not hoaxing it, what's going on here? The elders continued the investigation, but it was becoming expensive. After he's just pranking him. Ashton Kutcher is hiding in the bushes. Damn, dude. So you got like this fucking like yokel in the fucking countryside. He's like, oh no, it's your fault. No, it's like 
It's like, just uh, like I'm telling him, Bembe. Like the Palladian sent him a message, and so he's supposed to be meeting this Palladian girl, and then all of a sudden, he hears a voice from the end of the room. Uh, Why don't you have a scene catch, over there? You're on how to catch a predator. <laughs> God damn it, we came with the scene. Got it, man. Got him. Several trips to Switzerland, Dude. nearly $80,000 have been invested in their research. They published two books to help underwrite the project. Funds from the books were channeled back into the case, and their search continued. The next evidence to be considered were sound recordings of what Myers said were the Pleiadian spacecraft. ...on the market that have oscillators that change that randomly. Uh -huh. Even if you got nine or ten of them going, they wouldn't change... looks like my mom. <laughs> ...from those peaks that quickly. He and his wife, with separate tape recorders, went to this hill where Billy was to have a contact. Um, when we interviewed them later on the sound, they said it just seemed to emanate from everywhere. We have on computer banks uh, every sound imaginable, all right? When these sounds were run through that computer, it was not identifiable as anything. So, do, do you think they have, like, the sound of a retard just, like, screaming? <laughs> I don't know. I think it'd be the sound of fucking anything, dude. I'll believe Bigfoot fucking sounds more than this. Take like a Bigfoot noise any day. You are a denier of the Space Brothers, bro. I will never smoke space weed. When Rob did the analysis on it, the computer was pointing the frequency. Yeah, yeah, okay, the you murdered It created a sphere. With this other cryptid battle, it'll be Bigfoot versus fucking UFO. Not, not aliens, just UFO. The perennial battle. Just go land on him, crush him into red paste. <laughs> Bigfoot's gonna fucking, he's just gonna pick it up and throw it right into the fucking sun, dude. <laughs> Which Rob, in looking at it, said the only thing he could understand like would be for it be propulsion, pictures. some form of propulsion system. Mm. This photo taken by Meyer fit the scientist's description of the sound Whoa. source. It was described by oh, Meyer as shit. an unmanned drone ship about seven feet in diameter. By any standards, this is a marvelous piece of work. For a one-armed man working alone, it is a miracle. The third Damn. piece of evidence Meyer presented is by far the most intriguing. Metal samples that supposedly represented four stages in the construction of the Pleiadian spacecraft. First of all, trying to find a scientist that would attach his name or his laboratory to research on a UFO case was almost impossible. This was back in 78, 79. When we finally found them, that they would look at it, but they didn't really want their name attached. Uh, we began with metal, and we found Dr. Vogel at IBM. From a human interest standpoint, I said, fine, I'll see what I can do to invest like, these dude, specimens. This is fucking bus token. What is it? Girl, I, I, was, I was like, and they'll look at it, they'll look at the piece of metal, and they're like, dude, this is a bus token. Maybe. Like, what the fuck? Ancient bus tokens from Lemuria. By these uh, contacts. His findings were startling. Everything about the samples indicated a cold fusion process, something which, to this day, hasn't been mastered on Earth. It was after Dr. Vogel's testing that Lee Elders became a firm believer in the Billy Meyer experience. 
Is that a new podcast? The Billy Meyer experience. No, seriously. A person once asked me, "Would would I do it all over again?" And Oh, I said I would. I wouldn't take a million dollars for the experience term. I've had, but I don't think I'd take a million dollars That's our new slang term for DMT. The Billy Meyer experience. The <laughs> Palladians contacted you. Yeah. Uh, so next time I have to gather. For Brit elders, <laughs> the years spent with Meyer were worth the effort. Personally, it's taught me not to be so judgmental. Because thank God for that. You're a real bitch before. Says you create your own preconceived ideas and go from there. This, I think, is time. Yeah, it, it's like, it's like aliens to come to Earth, so you wouldn't be such a bitch. You, um, have to learn from and gain from every well, experience. Well, she learned from the true white blonde women. Not uh, act properly around your husband. And I want to make the point you saw them at one point holding <laughs> up a stick a with a, a ship attached to it. That was deliberately hoaxed so that they could analyze the photograph. And when it did, when it was analyzed, Ooh. it came up as just that—a hoax. So that is why they performed that task to to mm -hmm. have something to compare it with. I also want to make the point here: if you think you've seen something, if you'd like to see more of this type of thing, why don't you write us a letter? Yeah, write uh, me a letter. Fucking send me a green text, even. Uh, find my email address. Send me a green text if you've story. Look at that. <laughs> you smell something really stinky. You just walked into my bathroom. <laughs> Oh, God, yeah, I think that's enough of that shit. All right. I think we can call that an episode. Uh, I Stiller. Once again, I've had a very busy taxing week, and I wanted to make sure I got some contact, uh, some content in, I should say. Um, Great to have you guys aboard. Thank you very much. I want to tell everyone to go to yaklebees.com, hit that merch tab, patreon.com slash yakavalive. You want to come hang in the Discord, get in on these calls, fucking play some video games, watch movies. Yeah, dude, we're hanging out. Uh, uh, I'm looking. I'm looking for uh, allies to play fucking Warhammer Total War Three coming out soon. There you go. There so hit up hey, the Discord so you could wage war with so, me, Flame. Show your shit while you're at it. Uh, flame upon herb on Twitter, Noble Raider on Instagram. Uh, yeah, follow us on Skinwalker. Uh, it was a Skinwalker tapes on our Facebook page. Yes, that is the Facebook page. Um, what? Uh, you can't find me on Facebook anymore. Rip, big F in chat. <laughs> but uh, you can you can find me on Twitter at Fremingiati. So far, only one person has followed me, and they ended up being a fed. <laughs> really? Many yeah. such cases. Great. Mm. No, that's how, how did you know? Siege mask. Oh. <laughs> there are people stupid enough to still fucking wear those in their profile pics. <laughs> Literally me. Have you uh, read Siege? Baron, do you want to shill something? Uh, yeah, bro. Get in, get in the Discord so I can send you my link tree. Shill my shirt. Let me uh, groom you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we need to groom you. Buying our shirts and go to cbdx.com slash blackbear97. 15% discount when you use that affiliate link. You know, get get blazed up. Go go into the what is it, Pleiadian star system or whatever. Play him. You know, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah go go to get, CBDX. Get up there. Oh. Get up there with Valiant Thor. Yeah, go so on CBD. On Thor pack. Go on CBDX.com, CBD. bro. Go on cbdx.com, click 
code word the high council and join today. Do it. Get Do in it. on that. So Scar in the uh, chat asks, is it already over? Yeah, I've had a very fucking a very difficult week, and frankly, my family needs your prayers. Send them my way. It's been fucking difficult. Join the Discord to argue about anything from religion to the heritage of plate armor. Thanks, Maud. Make it a great play. You're welcome. <laughs> Oh, thank you, Alpine Ocelot in the chat. Deus Zod out in there. Centurion Bober. Thank you very much, guys. Jake, Sugar Walls. I will fucking catch you guys on the flip side. Griffin Stoner. I don't want to miss anybody. I, I appreciate you all. Photon, hell yeah. Catch you next time.